38 to 10. That was the final score of a Syracuse loss to West Virginia tonight. Hello and welcome back into another Orange Fizz instant reaction. I'm Tyler Aiken today, joined by Adam Gotkin. And I'm at a loss for words. I, I was tweeting the whole game. I just posted a post-game article. I, I don't know what else I can say, Adam. So just please try to tell me what you were thinking. That was horrible. That was awful. That was embarrassing. And there's no other way to put it. That's one of the worst Syracuse football losses in a long, 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 long time. How do you lose 38-10 to 10 to a bad Virginia Tech team? This isn't Florida State. This isn't North Carolina. This isn't Clemson. This is Virginia Tech, who lost to Purdue, who you beat. This is Virginia Tech, who lost to Marshall. And you can't beat them. You can't even stay close with them. You lose 38 to 10 out of the gates. Lifeless. I mean, the, fi- the final score isn't even the most enraging thing. It was worse. 38 to 10 does not does not do justice. Zero for nine on third downs. Not a single first down converted on a third. Zero rushing yards. Got sacked eight times. The offense was anemic from start to finish. Garrett Schrader did not have an inspiring game. The rushing game didn't perform well. No receiver really stood out as successful, except for maybe Dan Villari. The offensive line was porous the entire game. And... Well, let's let's switch gears to the defense because I have been a really big defender of Syracuse's defense recently, um, saying like, "Hey, the offense is putting them in bad field position, putting them in bad spots. You can only expect so much from the defense." That that makes sense up until you get to the point where Syracuse allows 318 rushing yards. It's awful. It's it's seriously embarrassing. I mean. How do you give up that many rushing yards? I mean, I understand this is a 3-3-5, a defense that's meant to defend the pass, but there's there's no excuse for that. No. There, there is no excuse in the world for that. And I know there are a lot of injuries today, but still, like, I don't know how much more we can say about this. Like, it, it's it's absurd. I'm, I'm never at a loss for words. I'm someone who can talk forever. But at this point, it's just so bad, and it's just been building up to this, I feel like. For eight years. That's how yeah, long I don't you know Babers has been here. Uh, one of our listeners pointing out right now, this has to be the, the tipping point. And, look, I, I think there probably have been a few tipping points already. Um, but, you know, Syracuse has had a few well-timed good seasons, struggled the first two years under Babers' tenure, then get 10 wins. Struggle for a few more years, make a bowl game. Just this last four weeks, last five weeks, because you got the buy-in there, it, it it's not inspiring whatsoever. And Faber set himself up for disappointment because at his press conference on Monday, he boasted the offense will be just as efficient as it was to start the year. The offense will look good. And as he was playing easier opponents now, it won't be an issue. Well, if you're going to say that, you got to back it up. You could just go out there and say, we've been watching film. We're going to try to fix some things. Then it's still disappointing, but you don't come off as arrogant. Going to come out here and say, oh, Virginia Tech, these other opponents, not as strong as the ones you've just played. Virginia Tech beat Syracuse in a more dominant fashion than maybe the last three component, three, yeah. three opponents. Yeah, uh, this was a more demoralizing loss than the Florida State game. And they're a top five team in the country. This was a worse loss, I think, 
this team was dominated more. It felt like, you know, they were getting stops against Florida State, and, you know, they didn't have a chance in that game. But at least you didn't feel that bad coming out of it. You felt that bad coming out of this game because just everything went wrong. Nothing went right for this team. And it's just sad. It's truly sad to see. And now you're 4-4, and and I don't know how you're going to be favored in any more games the rest of the season. Might not be. Might not be. And uh, at the start of the year, that would be crazy to say with Boston College on the schedule, Georgia Tech on the schedule. (sighs) This was the first real test. This because you have four easy games, easy games to start the season. Then three ridiculously hard games. Three ridiculously hard games. Okay, you're four and three. I think that's what everyone was expecting. We were talking about this on our Fizz Five earlier in the week. This was the game where you can truly see what type of team Syracuse is. Are they the fourth best team in the ACC? Maybe not fourth best with Duke this year, but are they a top half of the conference team who's just not at that next level yet? They're not up there with your Clemsons and your Florida States, but hey, you know, they're better than Virginia Tech. They're better than Virginia. They're better than that basement. Nope. They're at that basement. Yes. They they yes. are at that basement, and you can't tell me otherwise. You can't t- tell me anything else. I thought Syracuse was going to win this game. I had Syracuse winning. I thought that And you're pretty pessimistic was, about the team in general. And I thought this team was at least good enough to beat Virginia Tech. At least keep it close. Not lose by 28. And, and so uh, another another comment from one of our listeners. And, guys, if you have stuff you want us to talk about, please let us know. But uh, Kevin Jenkins says, SU's defensive line has been horrible all season. Obviously, the offensive line has as well. We've talked about the offensive line. You know, some injuries there, some things to point to. But the defensive line really hasn't been, uh, really hasn't been talked about too much, really hasn't been uh, – it just hasn't been talked about how bad the defensive line has been. You're absolutely right. Uh, you look at a guy like Caleb Okachukwu. He had four tackles. Only one of them was alone. And I'd say in general, he gets a pass. He, he Everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, Caleb Okachukwu's good. And Sparrow's pretty solid on the line. And Kayvon Darton's pretty solid on the line. They were all largely silent tonight. It may be a tackle here or there, but at the second level, there was no... No pressure on Virginia Tech's quarterback. There was there was nothing that wowed me about the defense. And again, I have been pretty positive about the defense this year. Rocky Long had done a good job in some bad spots. Tonight is not one of those nights where you can give the defense a pass. There's zero excuses. No, there's none. And again, this is a bad Virginia Tech team. This is a Virginia Tech team that lost to Purdue, lost 35 to 16 to Rutgers and lost to Marshall. This is not a Virginia Tech team that's been recruiting well recently. It's not a big size difference. It's not a big athleticism difference like it is against, say, a Florida State, like Dino Babers was talking about. This is a team that recruiting-wise is in right about the same spot as you and has been in the same spot as you. And that's there's no excuse there. This is a coaching thing. This is a team that was not prepared whatsoever that the second Enter Sandman started playing, I think kind of fell asleep and said, oh, there's no point in showing up. What was this? This was this was embarrassing. This was bad. This is the worst loss in the Dino Babers era, I think we could say. And, and so, you know, we're not in the position to to know if there's coaching coaching changes coming up. Probably not, th- not in season, not in season, but it's not looking good for Dino Babers. So, le- so let's say, 
let's say Dino Babers gets fired or retires or leaves the team. We asked we asked uh, the Fizz Nation earlier tonight during the game on, on X, uh, for all of you who want a coaching change, who's your top pick for a new head coach? I saw one name that I was very happy about because I've been saying the same for a while. Ed Orgeron. Yeah. yeah the big he's, o. he's the guy. If because... anybody can recruit to Central New York, it's big. It's Coach O. Well, he, here's the thing with the coaching change. Ha, has this athletic department shown anything to prove to you that they're actually going to invest in a head coach? Syracuse has only hired in-house, they, whether it's field hockey or men's basketball, women's basketball, men's and women's lacrosse. Pretty in-house much, or with a relation to the program. In-house or, or in a relation to the program. Everyone, every hire that John Modek has made outside of the volleyball team, and I, I don't think there's been any like rubbing changes, but – as far All as right, I we're, know, get, we're getting pretty but, far from but, the but, point but here. to my point, as far as I know, John Wildhack is only hired in-house. He well, hasn't done... Coach O was a Syracuse assistant exactly, way back in the day. Exactly. I, I see you Googling a name right now, Sean Lewis. I think he might be a guy that you can bring back. You know, that, that former offensive coordinator, I loved what he did at Kent State because one of my good friends actually was the starting running back at Kent State for a while. So I, well, I watched a lot of their games. And I thought that he did a good job there. Has that now Deion Sanders type thing as the offensive coordinator at Colorado? Was that Syracuse? Yeah. Not too long ago. But we've under seen, Dino Babers. We've seen what he's done with that offense at Colorado and how explosive they've been with Shadur Sanders. No, the concern, the concern is that he's probably going to be getting quite a few offers after this season at Colorado. You'd have to imagine. You'd think, and that's where the worry is, is that does Syracuse even have the money to compete? The money, the money or the pull? Who who wants to come coach here? I it's, I, I frankly don't know. It's one of the harder Division One jobs in the country in terms of recruiting for football because, I mean, let's be honest, this isn't the '90s anymore. No kid growing up now thinks of Syracuse as this powerhouse football program. Like most people. I think that our high school football players, most of the high school football football players that I've interacted with wouldn't be able to tell you that there's been a Heisman winner to come out of Syracuse. And Jim Brown and Donovan McNabb and Art Monk and all of these legends have come out of Syracuse. People growing up now don't see Syracuse football-wise as one of those schools. I mean, in in our lifetimes, Syracuse has had double-digit wins Twice. Yeah. One of them when we were babies. So there, it's just, it's not, a, it's not a brand anymore. Now it would be great if someone could help build that brand, but that is, that is asking quite a bit. And so uh, just a, a rough game tonight, a rough outlook on the season. I mean, Adam, I'm going to put you on the spot. How many more wins do you really expect this season? Do you, is it too, is it too pessimistic to say Syracuse will lose out? I think so. I mean, look, BC has won three in a row. This is a pit team that looks a lot better after a quarterback change. They feel like there's got to be one in there. Georgia Tech stinks. You're not. Are you this bad? Was this just one bad loss? Does Dino Babers team have any sort of life, any sort of response oh, to this? Well, it, it's tough because because that's another one, long week. One of our one of our listeners is pointing out Garrett Schrader has looked rough. For a long time now, the last four games over the last five weeks, he hasn't passed 200 rushing yards once, or 200 passing yards once. So he hasn't been able to pass the ball. His rushing is atrocious. I understand sacks count as negative rushing yards. Still, 
negative 42 rushing yards today. And along for seven. And he didn't a lot, have a single big run. He didn't have a single big run. So he hasn't been passing well. He hasn't been running well. Offensive line has had its issues, but there has to be some life shown at that position, and it's not there. Now, I'll put to bed any any discussions of a quarterback change right now because Carlos Del Rio Wilson is not a Division One quarterback. I uh, I don't know about that. I mean, uh, he was at Florida. He former four star. He, he hasn't looked. He hasn't looked solid. Not a in power one five quarterback game. right now. Not a power five quarterback. I'll give you that. But uh, Schrader has to figure something out. LaQuint Allen has been fine, but hasn't been hasn't been put in a lot of good positions. And like we've mentioned, once Gadsden went down, there was not a single competent receiver that really stepped up. Umari Hatcher has a lot of talent, has put it all together. Uh, Donovan Brown uh, made a few flashes early season, disappeared. I don't know what the heck happened to Isaiah Jones. And Is he still hurt? Uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. He was hurt. I, I don't think he was listed on the injury report today. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong on that. But Feels like he is. It, it, <laughs> He he didn't make a single catch, wasn't targeted once today. And the guy that everyone's been waiting to break out for, you know, since the 1900s, Damian Alford. And, you know, yeah, he had four catches for 70 yards today, but Virginia Tech was playing soft coverage the entire second half. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything to me. There's, I, I don't know, there's no, I don't know what the scheme changes. I don't know what the personnel changes. I don't know what the offense can do to change things other than players need to start executing. There's only so much you can do before you just say, make plays. I mean, so there, there's not going to be a head coach firing midseason. I think we can all agree on that. It doesn't happen at the college level. Do we see Jason Beck go? Midseason? Is this it for Jason Beck? See, the, the thing is, the thing is, is that you score a late touchdown that doesn't really matter. Before that, you haven't, you haven't scored a touchdown since UNC when you were getting killed already. They haven't scored a meaningful touchdown. This month? Was, no. was the Clemson game was in September. No, They're going to go the entire month of October without a serious, I, meaningful touchdown. I don't know if it'll happen now, but Beck has been very hot and cold because he's had some really creative play calls. Early in the season, he did well. And I think that's beyond the opponents. I think he, had, he was using the talent he had to the best of their ability. He was targeting LaQuint Allen in the flats to get him out in space. He was There were more intermediate routes being run. Tonight, it, it just felt like it was... In the past few weeks, it's been deep shot after deep shot after deep shot. That's not Schrader's game. And then some runs right up the middle where with the offensive line injuries, you're not going to get LaQuint Allen some good blockers. And so it, I don't it, know what happened to all the like Schrader design runs, read options. Like, I, where have those gone? I, those worked against Purdue. I, and everyone said after that game, well, he can't run 20 times in a game and not get hurt. But, you know, maybe he can run 10 times on some designed runs and not just scrambling. He had three actual non-sack runs today. It says he had 11 attempts. He was sacked eight times, right? Yes. And sacks count as runs in in college football. So that gives you three. That Garrett Schrader needs more than that. He does. I mean, this this is a running quarterback. Garrett Schrader is at, at heart a runner. He got moved to wide receiver for a reason back when he was at Mississippi State. And to not have a single, like, designed run for him, read options, I mean, where's the creativity? Where did that all go? It's a good point, and I'll I'll give you you some credit, Adam. One of our our listeners, Ryan, just pointed out that uh, Schaefer, Scott Schaefer, SU's former head coach, demoted George McDonald midseason. 
And so there has been a, a, a change at that position midseason. So he was he was demoted. He wasn't. Fired. I'd rather be fired than demoted, honestly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you really want Babers starting to make offensive play calls? Yeah, though? Yeah, who is it? Uh, is there who's the who's because Beck is the quarterbacks coach, right? Also, uh, yeah. So that that's where he came. From. That's what that's what uh, he was ahead of time. Now, I, if if you're gonna ask, well, who else is available in terms of head coaching long term? That's not a viable question. You can find better options, but mid season offensive coordinator, uh, I don't know. That that's that's tough. So. We have a, a request for a guest right now. Uh, QSMO Jimbo will be joining. Uh, Jimbo, what do you want to talk about? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. I'm a lifelong Syracuse fan. I grew up in North Syracuse. I, I actually am from North Syracuse. So you know, my uh, my dad introduced me to uh, Syracuse football back when I was eight, nine, ten years old when my dad was still there. And it's just like I'm I'm looking at this team right now and it's just like I understand that, you know, if certain things don't work and whatnot, but it's just like we can't move the football. Really? It, yeah. It, 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 there's there's not there's not much else to say. I, I don't know what Syracuse can change. I mean, what, w- what would you do if, if you got to press all the buttons and make all the calls? How would you scheme things differently? First of all, let's stop. Let's stop running Schrader and, uh, and LaQuint Allen up the middle. Let's, 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 let's kind of, uh, let's spread off the offense. Like, you know, let let's get, let's get people on the perimeter a little bit. Let's, Let's get our let's get our wide receivers involved. Come on, we got we got Damian Alford on the outside who was a monster. He's six foot six, what, two thirty, two twenty? We're not even getting him in the wall. Like it it's crazy. It there needs to be Syracuse's playmakers need to be put in space where they have position and, and room to work. And it, it just feels like everything's just getting crowded up the middle for for no reason and obviously offensive line injuries hurt but you have to adjust when those happen yeah absolutely and i and i saw that in florida state when we played florida state our defense our defense played for the most part at least the first half really well but then when we got but then our offense what we what we do we keep running people in the wire scrimmage all game long Especially in the first half, like come on, like everybody's expecting that. Get people on the outside. Get some, get some play action going. Get Damian Alford on the outside. Get Maury Thatcher. Let's go. Yeah, there's no creativity. What about those Garrett Schrader play fakes that we saw in that Purdue game? I mean, there, there's been nothing of that sense of like fun football, if if you know what I mean, of just like. Being creative and, and working with speed, it's just there, it, there's no creativity at all right now. And there's nothing to lose at this point. Why not mix things up? Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, yeah, and I haven't seen that. It's funny you mentioned that. I ha- I actually have not seen that since the uh, um, the Purdue game. Like, where, where's the face? I don't know if they were planning to save that or whatnot, but... That was when he was at his best, obviously, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. This this team felt like they could be good in that game. <laughs> and if you remember, Purdue beat this Virginia Tech team. They P- did. P- Purdue beat Virginia Tech. And it felt like, you know, Syracuse was good then. They were really being creative on offense. They had trick plays. And, and we saw an Army and Clemson. We saw some fun things. And since then, it's just it's run up the middle or throw it 30 yards down the field. And there's no in between. It, 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 it's unreal. I mean, it's it, it's just sad to watch. It's not fun football whatsoever. Is it a culture problem? What do you think it is? Like, I feel like it's coaching and culture often kind of at the top of the list. I, I, I mean, I, I, I will give him a, a lot of credit. I think Dino Babers is a player's coach. The players like him for the most part. Yeah. He's a, he's a nice guy. I'm at the, I'm at the press conference. He holds every Monday and he is a good dude. He comes up and talks to the media members afterwards. And I, I think he, he's a good guy, but at some point the, um, the, the positivity and the hope when it shouldn't be there. Like, I, I just think at some point it gets to, uh, toxic positivity. It's a phrase I've heard where you're going to, if you're going to come out and say, that the offense is going to look as efficient as ever, you need to back that up. And so you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting your fans up for failure when you're giving them high hopes and talking a big game and then not backing it up. And, and so I guess that does fall fall under culture. I mean, forever this team hasn't been disciplined. Penalty issues with Syracuse have gone back since eight years ago when Dino Babers got this job, the most penalized team in the country last year. And in the top half of penalized teams, every year Dino Babers has been a coach. I mean, the start of this game tonight, it was penalty, penalty, penalty. Three in the first five yeah. minutes. Oh, my goodness. It, it was they at the start of the game, first drive, they were – it was what, like third and 28? I think so. It, from the jump, you, you put yourself in a bad spot. And under Dino Babers, this team has never started out well. Never. It, yeah, and you saw that a lot from our offensive line, too, though, like – you know, like it was even, even the, both the first and second drives. Like we had our left tackle hold somebody, and we got a gain, obviously, and you know it didn't hold up, and we got called back for it. But it just seems to be a repeat pattern. Hey, a- absolutely a, a repeat pattern. And and Jimbo, thank you so much for uh, talking to us and uh, bringing up some topics here. Uh, penalties. At the start of the season, felt like that's one of the biggest issues with this team. And now it's just so, like, that's so far down yeah. the list of things that the we, Orange have to worry about. On it. We, we, that was the first time we mentioned penalties. And yeah. they were, at the start of this game, that's what put them in a hole. And, and so lots of, lots of things to worry about. It was a, a difficult game to watch. If you want to see our grades for different units and different members of the coaching staff, that's on our website, orangefizz.net. We'll be posting updates throughout the week ahead of next week's game against Boston College. That's another Friday game, so a kind of long week, but also a short week. And we'll also have coverage of Syracuse basketball. Because it's basketball season. Basketball season, first, <laughs> there we first, go. first exhibition game tomorrow. I'm excited. I'm excited. And, and I'm so excited. A, a lot of good content. Make sure you're following us on X. Make sure that you're checking our website every single day. And that'll do it. A fizz instant reaction. Syracuse gets blown out by Virginia Tech 38 to 10. I've been Tyler Aiken alongside Adam Gotkin. Thanks for listening, guys.